2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Crombie Reit third quarter 2020 earnings conference call. At this time, note that all lines are in listen-only mode. But following the presentations, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for an operator. Also note that the call is being recorded on Friday, November 13th, 2020. And I would like to turn the conference over to Ruth Martin. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Crombie-Reit's third quarter conference call and webcast. Thank you for joining us. This call is being recorded in live audio and is available on our website at www.crombiereit.com. Slides to accompany today's call are available on the Investor section of our website under Presentations and Events. On the call today are Don Clow, President and Chief Executive Officer, Clinton Kaye, Chief Financial Officer and Secretary, and Glenn Hines, Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. Today's discussion includes forward-looking statements. As always, we want to caution you that such statements are based on management's assumptions and beliefs. These forward-looking statements are subject to uncertainties and other factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from such statements. Please see our public filings, including our annual information form, for a discussion of these risk factors. I will now turn the call over to Don, who will begin our discussion with comments on Crombie's overall strategy and outlook. Glenn will follow with a development update and a review of Crombie's operating fundamentals and results. Clinton will discuss our financial results, capital allocation, and approach to funding, and Dawn will conclude with a few final remarks. Over to you, Dawn.
0: Thank you, Ruth, and good day, everyone. During the last few years, the world has experienced extraordinary economic, geopolitical, and technological disruption as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the recent U.S. election, and accelerating, the accelerating pace of technological change, including e-commerce. Throughout these turbulent times, Crombie, as a retailer-related REIT, has continued a strategy that has delivered stability and growth for the benefit of all of our stakeholders. Over the last decade, Crombie's strategy has strengthened our financial condition, grown and optimized the quality of our grocery-anchored real estate portfolio, and enhanced our relationship with Empire. We have become a significant developer of major mixed-use real estate in major urban markets in Canada, and we've built an entrepreneurial and talented team across the country. We have significantly de-risked our business by materially increasing liquidity and the weighted average turn to maturity of our debt increasing our multiple source to capital, as well as taking advantage of low interest rates. We have demonstrated innovative capital recycling at favorable pricing over the last few years, which provided important organic funding for our investments in empire-related initiatives and importantly, our development pipeline. As we continue to focus on improving our financial strength during these uncertain times, we're nevertheless also focused on prudently growing Crombie by generating solid risk-adjusted returns from our investments in empire related expansions conversions and industrial properties as well as executing on our development commitments and unlocking significant value by entitling major urban market land for future development to optimize our relationship with empire we have aligned our strategies over the next few years and capitalized on a wide range of opportunities initiatives and accretive transactions we are building exciting new properties across canada including our first three Vecton mixed-use developments which are poised to create significant AFFO growth and NAV growth of approximately $1 to $2 per unit in the near term. Grocery-anchored retail continues to be one of the best forms of real estate in Canada, and our Sobeys-anchored core portfolio has proven to be very resilient during the challenges of 2020. Crombie benefits from both the strong and improving covenant of empire and the lengthy weighted average lease term of approximately 10 years, influenced by empire's remaining lease term of approximately 13 years. Covenant and term have historically been discounted during times of growth, but during times of crisis, like the last nine months, they are highly coveted by all stakeholders. Crombie's occupancy is stable with solid growth on lease renewals and active pandemic support for impacted tenants, thanks to the hard work and diligence of our committed team. Empire has been achieving great momentum with improved operating and financial performance and market share. They've recently announced their new three-year strategy, Project Horizon, which focuses on core business expansion and acceleration of their e-commerce network. Supporting this momentum is the recent launch of Voila by Sobeys in the greater Toronto area. Aligning our strategy with Empire enables Crombie to expand and diversify our real estate portfolio with solid risk-adjusted returns. We work closely with Empire with the expectation that we collectively drive high-quality yet defensive growth through strategic and accretive transactions, such as the modernization and expansion of grocery stores, store conversions, including the Freshco discount format in Western Canada and Farm Boy in Ontario, accelerating Sobeys build-out of their voila, online grocery home delivery service through investments in the hub and spoke network, land use intensifications, and the unlocking of major urban developments. Our valley enhancing major development pipeline consists of 34 properties including two substantially completed developments and five active developments many of these sites are strategically located conveniently within walking distance of existing and future transit corridors these major development projects play a key role in our long-term strategy of accelerating per unit nav and affo growth belmont market and the retail portion of davie street having reached substantial completion Crombie only has approximately one hundred and twenty six million dollars remaining to invest or twenty one percent of the total estimated cost of the approximately six hundred and twelve million million to complete our first active mixed- use major developments. These active projects will have an estimated NOI yield on cost of six to six and a half percent for Crombie's share. Upon completion, these five active major these five active development projects will total five hundred and forty five thousand square feet of gross commercial leasable area, and 961,000 square feet of residential rental GLA, or 1,200 residential units, in Vancouver, the GTA, Montreal, and St. John's. In addition to creating significant NAV and AFFO growth, as the developments reach substantial completion over the next year, they will increase our presence in Canada's top urban markets and diversify and improve our overall portfolio quality. Lastly, and most importantly, we remain focused on the health and safety of our tenants, our employees, and our communities, and are committed to delivering value through the execution of our long-term strategy. We are incredibly proud of our passionate team and the work they do. The vast majority of our office employees continue to work productively from home, while our on-site teams work very hard to maintain properties that are fully operational, clean, and most importantly, safe. Thank you to all of you. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Glenn, who will provide an update on our developments and our operational highlights.
3: Thank you, Don, and good day, everyone. We've improved the quality of our portfolio by developing and acquiring assets in Canada's top markets, as well as recycling approximately $800 million from sale of properties, mostly in secondary and tertiary markets, to reinvest in empire-related investments and Crombie's major urban developments. Our defensive grocery-anchored portfolio is positioned well, as 75% of minimum rent is generated from grocery and pharmacy-anchored properties, 68% of minimum rent comes from from essential services tenants, and only 8% of minimum rent comes from small business. The portfolio we have today is strong, resilient, and improves our positioning for future periods of uncertainty, such as what we are experiencing today with COVID-19. We are happy to say that close to 99% of our properties are open for business and our October rent collection is 96% with steady improvement from prior months. Our tailored approach to rent relief further strengthened our relationships with tenants. Of our 286 property portfolio, 72 properties representing 286 tenant applications were filed for the SECRA program. Our defensive and internet resilient portfolio continues to have minimal exposure to the numerous declarations of store closures, CCAA applications, and or bankruptcies since the onset of the pandemic. Avalon Mall in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador was initially impacted negatively by the pandemic. Since the reopening of the mall in June, when provincial government restrictions were lifted, performance has improved with 94% of tenants open for business, 75% of rent was collected in October an increase from the 60% collected in July, and traffic counts are running at or ahead of pre-COVID levels, with sales quickly recovering. Our office portfolio is primarily located in Halifax, Nova Scotia, with a small portion in Moncton, New Brunswick, both inside the Atlantic bubble. We are very pleased with our 100% rent collection for this segment in the month of October. We've experienced a decline in parking revenue due to COVID-19 restrictions and reduced traffic, And approximately 30 percent of our office population has returned to the office at our Scotia Square complex in Halifax, which compares very favorably to other major urban markets in Canada. Crombie's occupancy is stable and experienced only a slight decrease in Q3 at 95.3 percent compared to 95.6 percent at Q2 due to lease terminations and GLA additions for development spaces which are proactively being leased. New leases and expansions year-to-date increased occupancy by 142,000 square feet at an average first-year rate of $17.32 per square foot, while we experienced 174,000 square feet of year-to-date net lease expiries, vacancies, terminations, and space adjustments. We ended the quarter with 105,000 square feet of committed space at an average first-year rent of $23.81 per square foot, which will boost future NOI growth. During the quarter, 172,000 square feet of renewals were completed at a 3.9% increase over expiring rental rates. Year-to-date, our renewal program is on schedule as we have renewed 558,000 square feet at an increase of 4% over expiring rent. Retail renewals were solid with 400,000 square feet renewed at rental increases of 4.6%. As we navigate through these uncharted times, our team is dedicated to ensuring our underlying business fundamentals and core portfolio remain resilient and strong. Property development is a strategic priority for Crombie as it improves net asset value, cash flow growth, and unit holder value. We are excited to see continuing progress on our active developments and have reached substantial completion of the retail component at Davie Street in Vancouver and Belmont Market in Langford, near Victoria, B.C. Prior to the end of 2020, we expect to reach substantial completion on Davy Street Residential, our first joint venture and residential development, and Avalon Mall Phase Two. We continue to invest in our remaining three projects, LaDuc in Montreal and the Voila-Apar IGA CFC, also in Montreal, and Bronte Village in the GTA, with substantial completion expected for all three in 2021. This is truly a transformational time for Crombie, as a material amount of development projects reach completion over the next year. At Davie Street in Vancouver, the commercial portion, as mentioned, of the development has reached substantial completion, as the new Safeway store opened in Q2, with Scotiabank now open and a government liquor store scheduled to open this quarter. Subsequent to the quarter, the final CRU space was leased, bringing the retail portion to 100 percent occupancy. Free leasing is underway on the 330 residential rental units totaling approximately 254,000 square feet in two towers with initial tenant move-ins starting next week. Our 160,000 square foot Belmont Market on Vancouver Island recently reached substantial completion with the final phase of the development consisting of three small buildings totaling 23,000 square feet coming online in 2021. Construction commenced on the first of these three buildings during the second quarter and is expected to be complete in Q1 2021. The remaining two buildings are slated to begin construction in 2021, subject to pre-leasing success. Avalon Mall is the only regional mall in all of Newfoundland and Labrador, and as the economy continues to stabilize, we are pleased to see signs of its dominant performance reemerge With increased traffic counts and climbing sales. Newfoundland and Labrador is also in the Atlantic bubble and thus has had a low number of COVID-19 cases relative to the rest of Canada and a relatively strong return to normal economic and social conditions. Construction of our expansion area will be completed in Q4 with the grand reopening scheduled for spring 2021. Numerous tenants are in possession of their space preparing to open with some tenants opening prior to Christmas. Leasing activity continues with the total leasable square footage in this redevelopment space being 90% leased. In Montreal, at our Leduc project, the residential structure is complete with interior framing up to the 15th floor and drywall up to the 5th floor. Leduc will include a 25-story mixed-use tower with 387 residential rental units. On ground level, there's a 25,000-square-foot IGA grocery store and 1,000 square feet of additional retail space. With 200 underground parking stalls. The project is 89% tendered with an estimated substantial completion in Q3 2021, with initial leasing commencing in Q2 2021. Bromby remains on track with the Montreal CFC and is expected to be substantially complete with rent commencement in 2021. Foundations, the steel superstructure, and the precast building panels are all in place, and interior flooring and mezzanines are underway. Voila par Empire's online grocery home delivery service, to be made available in Quebec, and the Ottawa area is expected to launch in early 2022. Finally, Bronte Village in the GTA is 96 percent tendered, with the structure and precast complete on both buildings. Glazing installation is up to level 14 on building A and level 9 on building B, with interior finishing work progressing well on the lower residential levels. The Sobeys grocery store has remained operational throughout the development, but closed on October 21st as it converts to a farm boy, the first such farm boy conversion in our portfolio. These projects increase our presence in the country's top urban markets while diversifying and improving our overall portfolio quality and income stream. As our active developments approach completion, we continue our work to entitle an additional seven projects across Canada. Three of these developments are in Vancouver, three in Halifax, and one in Victoria. We continue to make progress to unlock significant land value embedded in our major urban market grocery stores and generate opportunities to continue our development program. To date, two projects have zoning approval, two projects have zoning applications submitted, and three projects are in various stages of design and consultation. And with that, I will now turn the call over to Clinton, who will highlight our third quarter financial results and discuss our capital and development program funding approach. Clinton? Thank you, Glenn, and good day, everyone. During these challenging times,
4: Crombie remains in good financial health with a strong and flexible balance sheet, ample liquidity, and an ability to prudently allocate and creatively source capital. We are very pleased with our 95% collection rate in Q3, which improved to 96% in October, a steady improvement from our 90% collection rate in the second quarter. It is no doubt that the pandemic created increased risk, particularly around the collection of tenant receivables. Bad debt expense and rent abatements of approximately 1.7 million were recorded in the quarter inclusive of amounts relating to the CECRA program. On a cash basis, same asset NOI decreased by 3.4% compared to the third quarter of 2019. Excluding COVID-19 related adjustments such as bad debt expense, rent abatements, and a decline in parking revenue, Q3 same asset NOI would have increased by 2.2%. AFFO per unit was 22 cents, decreasing from 24 cents for the same quarter last year. Our AFFO payout ratio was 99.2% versus the same quarter last year at 92.7%. FFO for the quarter decreased to 27 cents per unit from 29 cents for Q3 2019, and our FFO payout ratio was 81.2%, versus 77.8% in the same quarter last year. The decline in AFFO and FFO is primarily due to the significant increase in bad debt expense, rent abatements, and parking revenue impact as previously noted. Adjusting for the impact of COVID-19 on Crombie's operating performance, AFFO per unit would be 25 cents and FFO per unit would be 29 cents on par with Q3 2019. Additionally, we continue to feel the dilutive effects of approximately $500 million in property dispositions executed in 2019, with the primary reinvestment of these proceeds to major developments with no initial return until completion of developments this year and in 2021. G&A's percentage of property revenue for Q3 was 5.4%, or $5 million, a decrease of $1 million compared to the same quarter in 2019. The decrease from Q3 2019 is primarily driven by reduced salaries from the organizational realignment completed in Q2 2020, as well as decreased travel and office expenses as a result of COVID-19. Subsequent to the quarter end, Crombie had successful issuances of two $150 million unsecured notes. Proceeds were used to partially redeem $100 million of unsecured notes due June 1, 2021, and the remainder applied against short-term bank debt leaving our liquidity at approximately $500 million. The issuance and partial redemption aligned with Crombie's focus on increasing the weighted average turn to maturity of its debt with an inaugural 10-year offering and in harvesting interest rate savings with the lowest coupon rate to date on a 7.5-year Crombie bond offering 2.69%. Crombie remains focused on continuous improvement of the balance sheet while also retaining the flexibility to pursue strategic growth initiatives. Approximately 34 million mortgages will mature in the fourth quarter of 2020, and approximately 80% of 2021 mortgages will mature in December 2021. Our unencumbered asset pool remained consistent at approximately 1.5 billion of Crombie's total assets of 4.8 billion. Our debt to gross book value on a fair value basis was 49.8% at the end of Q3, compared to 49.2% for Q2 2020. We ended the quarter with debt to trailing 12-month EBITDA At 9.34 times versus 9.12 times at Q2 20. This increase is primarily impacted by COVID-19 and spending on development with no income until project completion. Crombie remains committed to its long-term strategy to effectively allocate capital to accelerate NAV and AFFO growth per unit, delivering value while supporting our tenants, employees, and communities during these difficult times. I will now turn the call over to Don for a few closing comments. Thank you, Clinton.
0: In conclusion, our strategy has evolved significantly over the last 10 years as our relationship with Empire evolves strategically and we develop large-scale urban developments at scale. We're very excited at the prospect of completing over $600 of major mixed-use developments in the next year, which we believe will generate approximately $1 to $2 of NAV per unit, as well as significant AFFO growth in time, we believe this real estate strategy, when combined with our strong financial condition, our access to capital, and our entrepreneurial talent, will generate solid total unit holder returns for our stakeholders for years to come. That concludes our prepared remarks, and we're now happy to answer your questions.
2: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you do have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touch-tone phone. You will hear a, two, a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And would you wish to withdraw your question? Simply press star followed by two. And if you're using a your speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have any questions. And your first question will be from Pammy Burr at RBC Capital. Please go ahead.
5: Hi everyone, and uh, good afternoon. Um,
2: good afternoon, just, Bonnie.
5: Hey Donnie. Um, just with respect to um, Davy Street. Can you provide an update on pre-leasing there and what are your thoughts on reaching stabilized levels uh, from an occupancy standpoint just obviously with uh, the ongoing pandemic
0: you know we're actually very pleased uh, with our you know uh,
5: beginning stages of the lease up uh,
0: obviously West Bank has a lot of experience in the Vancouver market uh, and they have what I consider to be their a-team at Davie Street so leasing the property and And importantly, this uh, A-Team recently leased a property down the street that West Bank owns on their own and did so very successfully. Uh, That said, it's early stages at Davie Street. And, uh, you know, we have expected it will take some time uh, without COVID. uh, And with COVID and and the current shutdowns that exist in Vancouver, obviously fewer people are out, uh, you know, in the markets uh, on a daily basis. But nevertheless, we believe we're progressing well. So it's too early to really give you a a detailed comment. Comment, you know, comment, Tommy. Uh, I'd rather we report out, you know, in February and May as we we progress along uh, the, the track of lease-up.
5: Sure, uh, understood. I guess maybe just looking at it another way. Then, um, what were you initially like? What was your, uh, I guess, underwriting in terms of the the timeline for to reach stabilized?
0: You know, historically we would have said it would have been six to twelve
5: months. Um,
0: and importantly, we're we're I will make sure everyone is clear. We're leasing. In our view, at above our pro forma number, uh, which we would have said a number of years ago, and so we're very comfortable with the with the pro forma the way it stands. But it, it typically would take six to 12 months. It may take longer with COVID, but at this point, we're again, it's too early to tell.
6: Got it. Uh, we open up,
0: um, we we open our door, and the first tenant moves in on Monday <laughs> is really uh, also important to know. Good news. Um, just
5: maybe switching gears and looking.
6: I can't hear uh, Pami.
3: Yeah, I lost you, pommy,
2: Mr. Burr, it looks like your line, I'm sorry, your line, his line disconnected. While we wait for him to reconnect, we will go to the next question, which is from Sam Damiani at TD. Please go ahead.
6: Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, Sam. It's it's, it's great to see, you know, the development uh, pipeline progress along the way in recent years you know, with that with costs largely intact and that one to two dollars of nav guidance, you know, one hundred percent intact along the way. So so, you know, just great to see and well done everybody. Um thank you. So as these projects do reach completion, as you say, as a meaningful amount over the next uh next year or so, you know, do you expect to have another one or two meaningful major projects in that active bucket within the next twelve months and uh and, uh, and, you know, to feed that sort of continual sort of staggering of completions in the in the future years. And, and which projects might, the, might those be?
0: You know, uh, sorry, Sam, you know, we have always said the the goal of the company is to get to consistency at scale in our development program. And we continue to work hard on that. Uh, clearly and most importantly is working with SOBIs to unlock these development sites that are really tied up. With long-term leases, uh, you know, on grocery stores that, that occupy large land parcels in the middle of major cities. So it's a unique advantage. Uh, development takes time, so we're working on seven developments at this at this point in time, and on the entitlement of those land parcels at this time. Organically, we don't have—I'll call it—an approval of the next one until probably early to mid 2021, uh, and then even with that approval, we really won't be fully committed to it until probably late 21. So we have our spending to complete, as I think we said in our, uh, our prepared remarks, which is about another 125 million in 2021. But I don't expect much more in terms of spending next year on development, although in 2022, what we will be hopefully approving we'll, we'll start setting the stage for additional spending in 2022. It is important that we want to preserve our balance sheet and preserve our liquidity and during this you know, second wave of COVID. So we're cautious when we look at those commitments um, but at, so at this stage we don't have any. Uh, we are working hard on them, uh, and importantly, we we you know we we plan to continue to do more. It's just that we don't have any at this time. So, um, in, in addition to that, I will say that the entitlement process by unlocking the land also creates capital sources. So with stock prices trading off the way they have, in addition to you know offer, offering us opportunities for significant growth, they also offer us opportunities to fund future development. And so. We'll be considering both as we move forward and uh, you know part of it will be dependent on uh, the nature of each project and in those local micro markets and it'll also depend on you know the capital market situation and 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 where we are in terms of uh you know fund availability so we're being very cautious on all fronts at this point
6: that's great and and you've touched on my next question which is which is dispositions you know we've seen we've seen the market open up for for shopping center transactions particularly for the most you know stable product out there of which crombie owns is there a desire and you know, an expectation of of you know pursuing that avenue to uh, as you say keep keep the liquidity and leverage uh within your target range in the near term
0: yeah we've got you know for grocery anchored strips or grocery stores there is a big market as we said i think on our last call we've had incoming inquiries about purchasing uh, either 100 percent or partial interest uh, shares in grocery stores or grocery anchored strips of over a billion dollars. Um, so lots of interest. We've chosen not to do that. Uh, we don't need the capital. We did uh, a good equity raise in January. We did a good bond offering in uh, October. So we're quite comfortable with where we are in terms of liquidity. Um, but I think, you know, over time, if the share prices stay in this, you know, significant discount to NAV, then we will, I'll call it dabble with the, uh, you know, some dispositions and to a small amount, but just, you know, continuously uh, funding. I don't think we'll do large transactions in the near term uh, because we just don't need the capital. And and we like don't, it's very hard to grow our business by selling assets. So we like to continue the growth of Crombie and and we're about to start recognizing, don't forget, getting a lot of cash flow coming in from our developments. So uh, the completions are a big deal uh, over the next 12 months. So we're quite enthusiastic about that starting to pay off.
6: Absolutely, um, and, and that makes sense. So my last question, and then I'll turn it back, is just on the on the new government rent subsidy program, SERS. Um, you know, how do you contrast it or compare it to Cesra? Do you expect it to result in meaningfully higher overall rent collections uh, for the REIT going forward?
3: Sam, it's a great question. It's Glenn. Um, It's early days. The first reading of the legislation has taken place. There's been some information circulated on sort of the bans for support based on how much disaffection uh, businesses have had in terms of lost revenue. Um, We're cautiously optimistic, especially with the potential here for a fairly substantial second wave. On the one hand, we've been maybe critical of the delay in getting CERS uh, in place because CECRA did expire at the end of September. Here we are, you know, six weeks later. Um, But our view is the program will be quite helpful. It's still unclear whether it might be a bit broader in its application uh, than SECRA was. So there may be some tenants that weren't eligible uh, for SECRA that may be eligible for this. And as you know, from a landlord point of view, uh, it doesn't appear that there's a 25% cost. In fact, there's not a 25% cost to the landlord as there was with SECRA. So all things considered, we're very optimistic for the program. Still don't have full visibility into its uh, application. But I think anything that supports tenants through this difficult time can only be good for our ongoing rent collection, which, as we said in our comments, we're quite satisfied to be at 96% for October, and we believe we're on a steady trajectory, you know, back to normal, assuming we don't have any major second wave, and the CERS program will only uh, only help that.
6: Fantastic. I'll turn it back. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Sam. Thank you. We now return to Pommy Burr. Please go ahead.
5: Oh hi sorry about that
2: welcome
0: welcome
5: back thank you i think my my phone has been infected um, just maybe looking at occupancy it's uh you know it's holding up fairly well and I guess all things considered but at the at the other properties in the rest of Canada segment, it did slip a bit more than I guess the Vectum or other markets is that is that really you know maybe avalon mall or or other areas or can you maybe just speak to what's driving that?
3: Sure. Yeah, absolutely, Palmy. It would be Avalon. Would be would be impacting impacting that in the rest of Canada segment. But just to give you a bit of a, a little extra data, if you look at our occupancy, it slipped by depending on committed versus uh, economic, 30 to 40 beeps, 10 beeps of that, which is bringing some additional GLA on actually at Avalon that's currently vacant. So that's uh, the development space. We're 90% occupied or 90% leased, I should say for the, uh, the, the expansion wing, so we brought on some additional uh, square footage into GLA, so that was 10 beeps of impact on vacancy because that's not currently leased. Also another 10 beeps, we had one um, lease that we just executed in uh, New Brunswick for a space that went vacant uh, in Q2, and uh, that's 10 beeps, so in Q4 that space will be leased. So we've been very successful in looking at that 30 to 40 beep change in occupancy. 10 beefs is just offensive leasing, and we're bullish on getting Avalon leased and that other deal being done. And the other data point that I'm pleased about is we've had only 22 leases across our entire portfolio. Only 22 leases have been disaffected by CCAA, and of those 22 leases, only four were disclaimed, i.e. only four locations were closed. The other 18 remained. In other words, the tenant obviously with difficulties but wanting to be in our centers, as they come through CCAA, 18 of those 22 will remain. So we're quite confident with our occupancy. We're pleased to have 105,000 square feet in the committed category. One of those deals, actually, the brick uh, opens next week in St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador, 46,500 square foot store, first brick store in Newfoundland. Really excited about that. Leon's came out with uh, results the other day, fantastic results, so uh, that's great. And announced today, actually, in Newfoundland. Five Guys Burgers, small deal, but Five Guys is coming to Avalon Mall, and it's a big buzz over there. That that tenancy is coming to Newfoundland and Labrador. So occupancy overall is is quite quite solid. Yeah, no,
5: that's great to hear. Thanks for the color, Glenn. Just uh, I guess along the same lines, what can you say with respect to to rents uh, for leasing in terms of new space? Uh, the renewal spreads are, are seem to be holding in fairly steady. Um, But, uh, you know, do you sense that, you know, tenants with respect to new space are looking for maybe some form of, uh, you know, uh, larger inducements or um, any color you can provide there as well?
3: Sure. We don't have a huge data set to to provide because our occupancy is quite strong. But a couple of points. One thing we are seeing, which is interesting, is the tenants that are more aggressive now in growing their business are the strong covenant tenants. So the leasing that we're doing, for example, this New Brunswick deal I mentioned that was 10 deeps of our occupancy, is a strong investment grade covenant taking the place of a weaker covenant that vacated. So on the rental side, I think we're going to be fine. I do think it's a market that might be, generally speaking, uh, sort of a buyer's market or a tenant's market, but in our grocery anchored centers, not the case. You know, I think it's very clear that grocery anchored centers have only emerged as a stronger retail vehicle through the pandemic and the attraction and, and traffic draw that they provide to the CRU tenants continues to be very positive. So I don't see any risk of rates going anywhere but same or higher. Um, but I think in, in some places, some markets, there could be um, more of a, a tenant's market for uh, getting better rent. but. Our data points so far are quite encouraging. And as you mentioned, the 4% bump in renewal rates overall is pretty good in a tough year. Um, I think few would have predicted through the pandemic that renewal rents would have stayed positive, but they have. On the retail side, they're 4.6. For our overall portfolio, they're plus 4 year-to-date, and we're very satisfied with that.
7: Thanks very much. I will uh, turn it back.
6: Thanks, Bobby.
2: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you do have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And your next question will be from Eric Kim at National Bank. Please go ahead.
8: Hi. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I just want to follow up on Pam's questions um, on the Zephyr project in Vancouver. It's good to hear that it sounds like it's kind of going on track. Um, Looking at the leasing, I see you guys are offering six months of grocery credits, which is... Something new? Could you provide some color about just how that works and then sort of the traction you're seeing with potential tenants and, and how it's being received? Uh,
0: you know, it's again early days. Uh, it's, a, it's an innovative program that West Bank and uh, obviously Crombie and Sobeys have worked together on. <clears throat> There's clearly a strategic benefit on the leasing of the residential to having a grocery store downstairs and vice versa, as we've all known for a very long time. And so this is a it's a small thing, but it's it's an important uh, thing. Hopefully for um, you know for residential lease up in time, and it's a program that we're uh, you know having a look at, and uh, we'll see what the the outcomes are as to whether it's something that we then unfold into you know future projects, which uh, almost all of our major mixed use projects have a grocery store at the ground floor and residential above. So hopefully uh, hopefully it is it works and uh, and we have good take up, but at, at this stage again, it's too early.
8: Okay, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense for future product uh, projects. And, and I know this is early, given that, um, you know, residents haven't moved in yet. But do you have any insight into how the Safeway um, anchoring that the, the Zephyr project has been performing? Is it is it going kind of is it going well? Is Empire happy with that? And do you have any metrics that you could share um, in terms of performance? <laughs>
0: No, we're you know it's it's certainly not something we're going to share on a detailed store by store basis. They have a very competitive market there. Our understanding nevertheless is that it's open strong and opened, I'll call it ahead of Proforma, forma, but uh, it's something that we're you know it's again early stages. they've only opened a short while ago, and uh, but it's so far so good and uh, it's a it's a great piece of dirt in um, the grocery store was there for a long time. This store is a prototypical uh, store for that type of market, and uh, so obviously it's going to meet the market a lot better than, you know, the older store was for there for a long time, and uh, so we're we're quite optimistic about you know uh, it uh, it being very successful, and and so far Sobeys has indicated they're very pleased with it. So that's really all I can tell you. I can't give you data, unfortunately.
8: Yeah, no, that, that I understand. Um, and then just my last question is, have there been any further discussions with Empire um, in terms of? Where and when the Western Canada CFC um, will, will be started?
0: You know, we're in constant discussion. Again, we're working on a three-year plan with uh, Sobey's and Empire to, you know, develop over time uh, across the country and really looking at, and picking our spots. Uh, importantly, Sobey's and Empire announced Project Horizon a couple of months ago, and part of that was I'll call it an acceleration of their e-commerce. Home delivery platform, the Okado and Voila par IGA mm-hmm. Voila par Sobeys platform, uh, including two distribution centers in Western Canada, and we're actively working with them and hopeful that we'll be part of, you know, one or hopefully both of those DCs uh, or CFCS. And so, but at this point, we don't have any, uh, any anything to offer the market, and, and we'll certainly let them, you know, make announcements in, in due course and their on their own time frame. And uh, we're, we're very excited. We continue to work not only on the CFCs, but it's a hub-and-spoke network, importantly, which, as we've said before, includes not only these 300 or 400,000-square-foot CFCs, of which we think there'll be four across the country. There'll also be spokes, which are 15 to 30,000-square-foot, you know, small distribution centers where they break down the large trucks into cube vans and deliver it to people's homes. Um, And so, as an example, our center in Montreal has... uh, uh, the, the hub, and it, it has spokes that we're looking at in Ottawa and Quebec City, as an example, which would be indicative of what they would do, you know, around Toronto and then around any either of the, or any of the major centers that they they choose in Western Canada. So, and we'll participate in those, and they can take the form of being a small industrial facility, or they could be a portion of an existing store that's going to be, uh, you know, cut down inside, Let's say 60,000 square feet reduced by 20,000 for a spoke, and then maintaining a 40,000 square foot store, which will be optimized for the market. So all of those types of scenarios, I think, are very exciting for us and and allow us to build out that retail-related industrial part of our portfolio very well over time.
8: Okay, great. Uh, Thanks a lot. I'll turn it back. Okay. Great, Eric. Thanks. All right.
2: Thank you. Next question will be from Howard Leon at Veritas. Please go ahead.
7: Thank you. Um, I want to discuss the uh, the bad debt write-offs. Um, this quarter looks like it moderated significantly from Q2. I think you only took about a million. Can you can you say whether that's uh, whether most of that or all of that is sequeira uh, or is it abatements um, outside of CECRA or is it uh, additional expected credit losses? Because I, I saw you break that down for the year-to-date, but I just want to know for the
4: it's uh, Clinton. I think I can give the call. It's primarily Secra.
7: Okay. Okay. Right. Because I think Secra expired within Q3. So so right. you had some t- spillover. Okay. No. That, that makes sense. Um, and um, and of the bad debt that you took in in Q2, you know, for for those um, negotiated rent abatements and expected credit losses, how much of that actually were you able?
4: think you gotta look at bad debt differently Howard it's really an estimate at a point in time you know last like last June we made our estimate of what we felt was a provision for the allowance for doubtful accounts and uh, we did the same thing at the quarter so I don't want to get into the details of that other than to say we're comfortable with our provision at the end of the quarter okay no that's
7: that's, that's fine uh, and then just on the 4% renewal bump um, can you um, maybe give some color about um, you know if the renewals if you noticed um, stronger renewals, maybe with your larger tenants or or smaller ones, or was it kind of all across the board?
3: You know, Howard, it was pretty balanced. Um, we continue to have great balance by geography um, and by size of, uh, of renewal. We you know we have a reasonable number of renewals that are flat. We we keep sort of anecdotal stats of how many renewals are flat, how many renewals are at a lower rent, how many renewals are positive good indication of sort of the general health of the marketplace, and while there were a number of renewals that were done at, uh, at flat rents, there were other renewals done at, you know, 10% lifts or higher. So I would say it's uh, it's a good, healthy balance. The beauty of Crombie, of course, is with such long lease term, we don't have a huge hand each year of, of, uh, of renewal risk or renewal turnover, but across the country, I would say it's been just a good, healthy balance, whether it's a grocery store renewal or whether it's CRU or even office like office has been extraordinary for us and uh, we'll be uh, excited to um, You know even improve our occupancy in the office side but We've had a lot of renewals our weighted average lease term and our office product right now is probably the longest It's been in a long time and uh, we had some really good renewal work there uh, as you know uh, our overall 4.6 percent for retail our office uh, renewal rate is slightly lower to average out at four, but we've done a lot of renewals in the office space, which uh, which are typically uh, either government deals or or private sector deals. But uh, and we just actually uh, in the, in the last short while have done a, a lease that will improve our occupancy in Halifax by approximately forty thousand square feet uh, early next year. That, that lease is just uh, being consummated, so. Uh, both renewals and, and uh, new leasing activity, very well balanced, and we're very satisfied.
7: Okay, no, that's that's great. Um, and and you know, with on on the topic of renewals and leases, um, I guess you know the the lease terms, the remaining lease terms for more discretionary tenants like the theaters and um, and and the gyms, you know, based on your disclosures, they they look pretty long. So, is there not much coming up uh, due for uh, for the rest of this year or next year? For those tenants
3: no I don't believe so. in fact, as part of our discussions with some of those specific tenants, um, some of those four F tenants, particularly fitness and film, part of our discussions have been to get term extensions in certain locations as part of you know being a good citizen, a good landlord to to help them through the pandemic. So uh, we don't have any specific significant renewal risk um, in the coming short term at least in the next couple of years. And, but through the process of supporting uh, those specific types of tenants, uh, we have been able to get an extension of our, our of our weighted average lease term.
7: Okay, no, that's that's great.
3: And uh, and
7: the last my last question just is about the um, the credit rating. Um, you know, obviously you're you're very too much tied to uh, to Empire, but um, you know, any recent discussions with um, with DBRS and um, and uh, you know any any potential movement there.
4: You know, it's Clinton again. Uh, we, we have constant conversations with our rating agencies, and uh, we're very uh, happy with, with the relationship we have today, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay.
2: Okay. Sounds
7: good. Thanks, guys. I'll
4: uh, turn it back. Thanks, R.
2: Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchdown phone. And currently, we have no other questions registered, so I would like to turn the call back over to Ms. Martin. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you for your time today, and we look forward to updating you on our progress on our Q4 call in the new year.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a good week.